Oops. Ugh. That was a stretch. That was a good. Uh, kind of. Out. I could feel like it could have done oh. more. Pop my neck. Pop my butt, pop, pop <laughs> my butt. <laughs> you know what that meant to Harriet Tubman? Oh. <laughs> uh, obscure references. People. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Hysterical History. Hi. <laughs> and if you're like, wait a minute. No, that, it isn't. That didn't sound like Haley. Who's that? I'm not Haley. <laughs> but I'm Alexis. I'm an, I'm an intruder. And that's Alyssa. Hello. Who's my other roommate? Yes. I have three. Woo. And she's here today subbing in for Haley as our guest. Yes. Because, um... It seems weird. I was thinking about this the other day because <laughs> when we've done um, one other guest episode, I think, which which was when we had Lane, mm-hmm. and I was the person presenting, and I'm also doing it this time. And so it, I don't know what that makes it seem like, mm-hmm. like that I have more topics ready or something, which is not true. It's just that for some reason, the recording always messes up when Haley and I do it the first time when I'm doing it. Ah, it seems to be. Like, we, we had two episodes we each did early on. Like, it was our third and fourth episode we tried to do. Very early. And they were about our favorite ladies. And both of them got messed up in different ways. Oh. And so eventually we just redid them. And it was fine because neither of us remembered, like, that many things that happened. <laughs> so it was okay. Mm-hmm. Now, this episode we tried to do once and it did not work. Uh, I think because we were trying to use two microphones and we just did not do it. Difficulties technical. Yeah. And then we we gave up, so we're just using one. <laughs> and uh, the one before that, I don't even remember what happened. Hmm. But it's hard to redo an episode, especially when they you've just done it, because you remember everything. Yeah. Like, pretty much. Yeah. And it's like you can pretend to make the same jokes, and you can pretend to, but like, already be heard surprised or whatever. But, Yeah. Part of the way that this works is, like, the authenticity of the other person not yeah. really knowing what's happening. Yeah. Um, so I asked Alyssa if she would join me because she doesn't know a lot about history. I know nothing about history. <laughs> <laughs> Let me clarify what she said. I know nothing about history. <laughs> when I was like, perfect. <laughs> I The last time I took a history class was, I believe, junior year of high school. Oh, wow. Really? Because I passed the AP World History exam, mm. so I didn't have to take anything in college so after I was done with my credits in high school, I've learned nothing about history. That's like me and math. And also, I'm old. So <laughs> You're not that old. It's been like 13 years but since yeah. I've been in a— It's been a hot minute. 13, 14 years. Yeah. And I want to say, um, today we're going to be talking about Dolly Madison, mm-hmm. who is uh, James Madison's wife. She's a first lady. She sure is. I know that. She's the first lady. That's, and we'll talk about I've that. I've heard you say that before, but yes. I... There's a reason. I know nothing. But um, I don't think a lot of people, one, know anything about her at all. I don't think a lot of people know anything about any first ladies, Mm-mm. but I don't think a lot of people know anything about her specifically. I didn't really until I, like... I read some sort of, like, random article about her, and I was, like, interesting about, like, kind of the main story that we're going to talk about. And then I started reading more about her, and I was like, oh, she's kind of, like, awesome. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm really into her. A lot of it is about the War of 1812. um, And despite 
having learned about it many times because I, you know, got my degree in history and because American history and like pretty early American Mm -hmm. history. So we spend more time on it, I feel like, Mm -hmm. in American history classes in like high school and stuff. Um, I still, up until I researched this, didn't really know anything Mm -hmm. about it. Because I don't care. Um, I don't know who we were fighting in that war. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about it. So I know. I know that it was a war, and it, I think pretty sure it took place in 1812. Um, yes, that's it. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, up top here, before we start, I want to uh, let everybody know that Alyssa and I are doing a podcast. Also, it is not replacing this podcast. No, it is an addition. It never could. <laughs> Never it would could. never be able to. Um, this is obviously Haley and my little baby podcast, mm-hmm. and Alyssa and my almost newborn podcast, <laughs> still gestating podcast, yes. um, is going to be the Screamies Horror Awards. Because while I obviously have a lot of passion about history and topics and talking about them, I also have a large passion for horror movies. Mm-hmm. And as I found Haley, who also has a passion for history, uh, I have found Alyssa, who also has passion for horror movies. I do. And I really do. it's part of why we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of the basis of the foundation. It's it's true. It's that and Buffy and Big Brother. Big Brother. Yeah. <laughs> our, our, pillar, our three pillars of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> There's nothing I like better than talking about my favorite things with my favorite people mm-hmm. on a podcast. So that's what we're <laughs> going to be doing. It's it. And for a tiny intro of what we'll be doing, uh, we're going to watch every horror movie that comes out this year. We're in the process still of watching every horror movie that came out last year. We're going to rank all of them in order from best to worst. We're going to give them awards because they just don't ever get awards. They don't. And they and do, it, some of them deserve them. They do. They Not really do. Not most of them. <laughs> There's an elite group. But some of them. <laughs> um, especially last year, we had some really good mm-hmm. movies come out. We did. Um, and then going forward, so for this next year, we're going to be recording episodes where we discuss specific movies that come out in detail that we have a lot to talk about. We're going to have episodes where we generally talk about other ones that we've watched that are of interest to us mm-hmm. that we want to discuss together just for like a feel of how they were, whether they were good or bad. Uh, and some of them are really bad. Yeah. It's... It's really sad. It can be rough. We're doing this so you don't have to watch those ones. Yes. And uh, we're going to be doing watch-alongs. So we're going to record commentary of us watching a horror movie so that you can listen to it and watch that horror movie with us. Or you can just listen to us yell randomly and you won't understand Yeah. if you don't watch it. <laughs> I mean, that's happiness right there. Yeah. But um, that's going to be Screamy Horror Awards. You should be able to find it. I, I need to enunciate that better. Screamy Horror Awards. Horror. <laughs> We're going to say that word a lot. It's going to be hard. Horror. <laughs> um, but we would love for you to check it out. Even if you don't love horror movies, uh, maybe you'll just like listening to us talk. You like listening to me talk about history mm-hmm. here. So I mean, if you're listening to this, you like podcasts, presumably. You, yeah. And you like at least me probably a little. <laughs> I assume. Hopefully. So you at least don't hate listening to my voice. So, you know, pop on over there. And uh, we'll be posting. We'll we'll remind you guys when we post those episodes, hopefully uh, within the next week. And we'll be uh, advertising those on our page as well. Yes. So if you could listen to those, give it a chance, maybe give us a review. That would be awesome. Be way cool. But today. It's all about about that. It's all about that history. Oh, it's all about Hello, Dolly. Is that what the song's written about? I, I don't think so. Okay. 
I have no idea. <laughs> Come on. I thought you knew stuff. <laughs> I do, but I only know what's written on the phone. Just, I'm just teasing. My brain is in the phone. Yeah. That's cool. So Dolly Madison. Yes. Marries James Madison. Yes. Which is how she becomes Dolly Madison. I figured. But before that, uh-huh. her name is Dolly Payne. Oh. Pain. Pain. Like P-A-Y-N-E. No, but that's like Dolly Payne. That sounds like a old school Hollywood actress name. Mm, or like a like a pinup model or something. Yeah. Like Dolly Payne. Yeah, Dolly Payne. Dolly's a great name. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's too old now. I don't think people should use it anymore. But like old ladies named Dolly are cute. Oh, adorable. Uh, but she's born on May 20th, 1768 in the Quaker settlement of New Garden, North Carolina. Cool. Quakers, they were the ones who would, like, shake and stuff, right? Yeah. You quake with the spirit of God. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Got it. You, cool. You shake, shake it like Taylor yeah. Swift. Oh, yeah. When you feel Jesus. <laughs> so her parents <laughs> moved there in 1765 from Virginia. Mm-hmm. So they used to live in the north-south, and now they live in the south proper. Oh, south proper. I always forget that Virginia is in the south, but it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah, technically. Yeah. It's just so far north physically that my brain's always like, no, that's north. And it's like, not for no. slavery. It's in the south. <laughs> it's in this, technically. <laughs> From slavery lines, it's south. It's south. Uh, so her mother, Mary Coles, uh, was a Quaker originally. Mm-hmm. And then she married John Payne, who wasn't. Oh. But he converted for her. Scant. Aww. Cute. That's so sweet. Um, and they got married in 1761. So seven years before Dolly's born. Okay. Yeah. Plenty of time. Yeah. They had some good time as newlyweds. Yeah. And they had had lived in North Carolina for a few years before she's born, too. Um, Dolly ends up being, uh, you know, when she grows up, she's Mm -hmm. five, six and a half feet tall. Aww. She has black hair and blue eyes. Cute. So she's, yeah, she's real, like, light-skinned, dark hair, bright eyes, mm-hmm. like, very uh, Snow White-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, very cute, adorable. I just realized that I reacted to that, like, she's really petite. But five, six and a half is probably, like, normal height for most people. Um, so average women height, I think, right now, uh-huh. in, like, current time, 2019, uh-huh. I think is either five, five and a half or five, six. Okay. Uh, Alyssa's so just tall. I'm... I'm just the freak in the equation. How tall are you? I'm like 5'9". Okay. I'm like maybe just barely over 5'9". Right. Okay. Yeah, because I'm, I'm like 5'7", I think. Yeah. Um, so I hear 5, 6, and a half, and I'm like, aw, she's just a little thing. thing. And it's like, no. <laughs> no, I'm just a, I'm just a freakishly tall. And people okay. have gotten taller over time. So at the time, she's kind of a tall lady. She, yeah. Um, most men are not that tall at this time, mm-hmm. so... Uh, like, they make fun of, uh, like, in Hamilton, mm-hmm. they make fun of how short John Adams is. Uh-huh. And he is short because um, I think he's 5'2", I want to oh. say. But, like, th- but that's compared to Washington, who is over six feet tall. Yeah. And, and like, at the time, a, most men are nowhere near six feet tall. That's my man right there. <laughs> yeah. So he's, hum- like, huge. Yes. Um, I love me an over six foot tall man. <laughs> hey, Washington. Hey, George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, you're just like Haley, attracted to George Washington. <laughs> well, I, I didn't know he was tall. Oh, yeah. Now tall. I'm into it. That's fair. <laughs> That's all you had to tell me. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so Dolly grew up on a plantation in Virginia. I guess they moved back there mm-hmm. um, after she's born in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Back and forth and back and forth. Um, and John Payne owned slaves. Oh. Which, uh, you know, 
for where you live is okay. Mm-hmm. Quakers are not okay with it. Yeah. They are anti-slavery. I'm like, how nice. Yeah. Thanks. That's good. Thanks, good for Quakers. Them. Good for them. You may shake and fall on the ground. That's yes. kind of weird. But you know what? But at yes. least you don't want slaves to be happening. Mm-hmm. And so um, they kind of are getting on him about that because they're like, that's not a cool thing mm-hmm. to do. And it makes the church not like him. Yeah. Which is like fair. Mm-hmm. Because that's their rules. Yeah, they're very, they don't want slaves. It's not nice. Well, I mean, they don't want there to be slaves. Right. (laughs) I should rephrase that. Yes. They don't want slavery. Yes. Uh, And in 783, after the American Revolution, um, he finally emancipates his slaves. Which, that's nice, because they haven't even told you you have to yet. Yeah. But other people have been, you know, given the pressure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't without um, outside efforts. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, he abandons his plantation, which, like, yeah, it's pretty hard to have a plantation without slaves yeah. uh, in the 1780s. I mean, every time I hear the word plantation, I imagine, oh, Think about slavery. Slaves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, but, like, I feel like it's almost impossible to keep up with people who own slaves who are producing the same thing you are. Oh, yeah. If you don't have slaves. Yeah. Because you have to pay all those people. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot. Yeah. So your costs are going to be crazy high. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I can't actually do that. Um, and they moved to Philadelphia. Go to the big city. Go up north. Um, which Philadelphia at this time, I think, is the biggest city in America. Mm. Um, it's like they contemplated having it as our uh, our capital for a while. Oh, okay. So it's important. Isn't that where they did, like, Congress stuff mm-hmm. in the beginning? Which is why they're like, hey, <laughs> why don't we go there? Uh-huh. It'll be the thing. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we don't. No. <laughs> Not anymore. But he decides he's going to go into business as a starch merchant. Sell starch. What does that even mean? I don't know. What is... Does that... You make... I don't know anything about starch. Like, keeps clothes stiff? Oh. So... Love me some stiff clothes. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> but it doesn't really work out. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a lucrative business. Um, yeah. His, his So his plantation business fails because he doesn't have slaves. And then the starch business isn't going too well. And all of that puts a lot of stress on him mm-hmm. to, like, financially take care of his family because, obviously, you know, it's stressful to be in debt in general. Yeah. Um, but also at this time, you, like, men are required to take care of their family, oh, yeah. like, completely. Uh-huh. And if you're not doing it, it's a huge embarrassment. And that that was it was all about that. Right? I mean, you can't can't be embarrassed. You're no. the, you're a man. Yeah, you need to be providing. Mm-hmm. You, you suck at it. Yeah, and people are embarrassed by you. Yeah, and people at this time have nothing to talk about besides local mm-hmm. gossip. They don't have a uh, you know like international news mm-hmm. or even national news really. So all you have to talk about is like, hey, look at that loser who can't provide for his family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what an idiot and his dumb starch business. They have a line in uh, in Hamilton about that when Angelica's like how the gossip in New York City is hideous. Mm-hmm. Just like. That's what they have time for. They have nothing else about, to do. Yeah. They don't have, like, almost anything else to read mm-hmm. or to, like, whatever. Yeah. It's boring. And so uh, because he owes a lot of debts to people who have been helping him, you know, start these businesses and keep himself afloat, that's, like, super stressful. And then it's not working in general. And uh, he gets expelled from the Quakers. Oh. Uh, so that's not the coolest. No. And all of that leads to his death. In 1792. Oh, okay. (laughs) The stress of the world destroys him. Um, He gets severely depressed and bedridden, so he's Mm -hmm. just, like, useless Mm -hmm. even more than he was before. And um, as he's dying, he tells Dolly, who's 22, Mm -hmm. 
um, that she needs to marry a specific man on his deathbed, he tells her. Oh. That she needs to marry John Todd. Okay. John Todd is a Quaker lawyer. So he's got the good faith like her mother Uh does, and he's a lawyer. Oh, yeah. So he's going to make that money. Yeah, he is. So he's going to be a provider. Right. And and obviously— uh, her father is mostly worried about her well-being and his family's well-being. Well, and, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but 22 in this period mm-hmm. is late for marriage, isn't it? I'd say at this point it's, like, median. Mm-hmm. Like, you possibly should be already married, but no one's going to be, like, mad at you yet. Okay. I think you're getting towards, like, the older end of the middle mm-hmm. where they're like hey have you been thinking about it mm-hmm. you should look at some stuff yeah i bet you have prospects and she's supposed to be real pretty mm-hmm. so i've seen pictures of her she's pretty cute i mean she sounds just from the vague description she sounds right. great and because her dying father told her to she's like okay yeah i mean <laughs> i'll marry the lawyer i mean what else are you supposed to do right Your dying father tells you exactly what to do <laughs> Are you going to say, no, no, dad, I won't marry that handsome, I won't, rich man. I won't honor your last wishes. of my faith, I won't do it. But so um, she does marry him mm-hmm. in um, 1790. So it's before her father's dead, but like while he's on his deathbed yeah. dying. Yeah. So he's like, please. Well, I mean, she marries him before. Yeah. You know? So her dad can probably go. Yeah. That makes um, sense. Meanwhile, uh, Mary Payne is her mother. Um, now her husband's dead. Yeah. And she's going to need to provide for yeah. herself because yeah. obviously he didn't have any money. He had debts when he mm-hmm. died. It's not helpful. No. And so she uh, sets up a boarding house. So she uh, has people staying there, paying her to live there mm-hmm. uh, in Philadelphia. She Actually, she leaves Philadelphia, sorry, uh, to move in with her daughter Lucy, who had married a nephew of George Washington's. Oh, hey. Nice. Nice. Get good, in there. Good job, Lucy. Girl? And I bet he's making the money. <laughs> uh-huh. Get so. into that family. Nice. <laughs> but he was tall, too. <laughs> Probably. Why wouldn't he be? It runs in the family. It's in the genes. <laughs> but so, yeah, Dolly marries John Todd, and he's, like, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, they have two sons. They have a son called John Payne, which was her father's name. Oh, that's a great name for, like, an action movie. Oh, yeah. Um, but they Detective just, John Payne. And, and they just call him Payne, uh-huh. I think, to distinguish from her uh, father. Okay. And um, they also have a son, William Temple. Aw. So, well, William. It sounds like the soft boy of the group. <laughs> um, so she leaves Philadelphia, or so her mother leaves Philadelphia, like I mm-hmm. said. Um, and after she leaves, Dolly's sister, Anne, or Anna, moves in with the Todds. So it's like her, her husband, her two sons, and her sister are living okay. in the house. Um, but in August of 1793, there's a huge outbreak of yellow fever oh. in Philadelphia. Oh. Uh, more than 4,000 people die over spring and summer. Yeah, yellow fever's bad. And by September, thousands of people have fled the city just to be safe. Yeah. Um, Todd, however... Uh, John Todd, her husband, lingers in the city too long for business because he's a mm-hmm. lawyer. He's got lots of business. Mm-hmm. And um, it proves fatal. He dies from yellow fever. And um, so does Dolly's son, William. Aww. And they die on the same day. So Yikes. She loses her husband. She loses her son. She's got one son left uh-huh. and her sister. That's so but sad. she's a widow at 25. Oof. 
which you could still, like, that would be the age, I think, where it would be like, you're kind of uh-huh. old to be single, um, and you're, but you're so young to be a widow. Mm-hmm. Like, not the best. Yeah. Uh, and she has to take care of pain because now her husband's dead, too. Yeah. So, oh, and she also got sick, but she recovered. So, she's okay. Um, and John made Dolly the executrix of his will. Is that what you call it when it's a woman? Yes. It executrix? Says, it says executor in the uh, quote I'm mm-hmm. reading, but when you're female, it's an executrix. I had no idea. Yeah. That's the coolest name. Pretty great. Executrix. I learned that because I used to work at a <laughs> at a probate lawyer's office, and I'm like, this word is so cool. Executrix. So when people would ask me about like my Uncle John's uh-huh. uh, will that I was working on, I'm like, yes, I'm the executrix. <laughs> Of the will. Please let me use that word as much as possible. It's so cool. Um, it's like when I get engaged eventually, I'm only going to use the word betrothed. <laughs> like, you really are. Yeah. I'm going to be like, I'm Alexis, and this is my betrothed. This is, this is my betrothed. <laughs> or like, I am his betrothed. Oh, no. It's going to be really annoying. I'm just going to giggle gonna, every time you say it to <laughs> That's how I'm going to prove that he wants to marry me. Because he'll put up with it. Yeah, because it's going to be really annoying. He's gonna No, he's not going to put up with it. He's going to go along with it. Yeah. He's going to be like, yes, I am her betrothed. Yeah. And like, that's why you're going to love him. Best case scenario, he goes along with it. Uh-huh. Like, medium scenario, he just, like, ignores it. It's like, whatever. <laughs> like, less good scenario, he's like, oh, my gosh. But, like, I'm okay if I annoy my husband. Uh-huh. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, you're going to. As long as he still wants to marry me, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if he's like, ugh, stop it, then we're done. <laughs> well, you're no longer well, my betrothed. Well, guess what? We're not betrothed anymore, and I throw the ring at him. Anyway. <laughs> the greatest breakup ever. <laughs> so uh, Dolly's the executrix of John's will. Mm-hmm. However, this becomes a problem because her brother-in-law uh, just ignores that entirely and keeps everything. And basically puts her in poverty. Oh. Uh, until she takes legal action. How nice. Cool. Yeah, he just takes everything and is like, well, then take me to court. Okay. And you're like, cool. But like, See it's, you in court. It takes forever. And well, so it's just like, cool, thanks. Um, and also, since she's a woman, mm-hmm. um, at the time, she has to fight in court to be the guardian of her own son. Oh, my gosh. Cool. Ugh, good thing that's changed around. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Now it's like almost impossible to take yeah. a mom's son away from yeah. her. But not back in the day because they're like, how are you going to provide for him? And she's like, I'll get a job. Uh, I'm going to love and judge. <sighs> yeah. Oh, so um, Mary, like we talked about, mm-hmm. Payne, uh, Dolly's mom, is – she's a boarding house open. Uh, and she has boarders who are sometimes congressmen because they're in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. Congress is happening. Yes. Um, including Congressman Aaron Burr of New York. Oh, hey, Ta-da! Burr. And so uh, – while Aaron is there, he and Dolly become really good friends. Mm-hmm. And we have proof of this. This is why, okay. I, I knew there was some sort of, never mind. I'm Okay. When you said something about Dolly, you were going to do this about Dolly Madison, I remember I said something like, oh, wasn't there like a sharing wife scenario? <laughs> but it was because you had told me a while ago, uh-huh. I think when we were talking about Hamilton. Probably. That you had said something about how she was friends with Burr or something? I think you're thinking of something later in the story. Oh, am I? Yes. Am I thinking of something? I think you're thinking of something else. But to come. Okay. But so Aaron Burr and Dolly are really good friends. And we know that because of a legal document that says she named him the guardian of her son in her will in May of 1794. Oh. 
Wow. So she was like, if I die, you're going to take care of my kid. So they're pretty good friends. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, talking about her for a second, just Dolly in general, Uh I have a quote from an acquaintance of hers, that's all it says, Mm -hmm. that says, her smile, her conversation, her manners are so engaging that it is no wonder that such a young widow with her fine blue eyes and large share of animations should be indeed a queen of hearts. Oh, wow. So she's a hot ticket. Yeah, she is. Even though she's kind of an old widow and has a son. People are still like, hi. Yeah. She's gorgeous. And I think there were rumors at some point that she and Aaron Burr had like a thing going Uh on. Uh, I don't think they did. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like they're just like bros, Mm -hmm. which is cool. And I appreciate it. And it makes me like Aaron Burr more. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really like him that much. I mean, does anybody? He's not that likable. No. But um, a little bit more. I'm like, if Dolly thinks he's cool, maybe he's cool. Mm -hmm. At least then. Again, I don't know anything about history, but what I do know, I learned from Hamilton. Yeah, that's fair. The only American history I really know. (laughs) It's not super accurate, but as far as Aaron Burr is concerned, um, pretty accurate. Pretty much all you need to know. Yeah. So while Philadelphia is in Congress, um, Aaron Burr is there from New York. But guess Mm -hmm. who else is there? James Madison? James Madison from Virginia. I guessed right. Um, You did. (laughs) I think it was a pretty educated guess from what this episode is about. (laughs) Dolly Madison. Yeah. But so he notices this attractive young widow who lives near the boarding house. And he's like, hi. Mm -hmm. And so in 1794, um, Madison asks Burr to introduce him to Dolly. (laughs) Oh, Which is the cutest that thing is ever. really cute. It's like they're at middle school. He's like, can you just see if she might I like see me? You're, you're friends with her, right? Can you just... She is so pretty. Can you just please? <laughs> it's so precious. Please. It's very cute. Um, and she's like a huge, big personality. Like, mm-hmm. she's very, like, enigmatic and engaging and gregarious. And Madison is not. Mm-hmm. He is shy and smart and awkward. Aww. And so he's like, hey, Burr, can you just see if she That's likes adorable. me? That's <laughs> adorable. Like, it's very cute. Um, she Dolly apparently reported to one of her best friends that the great little Madison has asked <laughs> to see me this evening. <laughs> the great little Madison. Because Madison... Um, is 5'4", so he's shorter than her. Aww. Not a lot shorter than her, but, but still, he is shorter yeah, than her. The great little Madison. The great little Madison would like to see me today. That's adorable. Um, there's some sources that say that she's, like, taken aback by him wanting to see her hmm. um, at first. But, like, they specifically use that same quote, great little Madison. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't think that she's trying to be like, oh, this little twerp wants to hang out with me. You know, like it just sounds like she thinks he's cute. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, I don't know. And I think it was only really one source that said that. So I was just like, OK, because I had a different source that said there was a mutual, immediate, strong attraction between James and Dolly. And they wed on September 15th, 1794, like mm-hmm. within months of meeting each yeah. other. So I'm like, I don't think that she was like creeped out by him. No. Like, I think she just thought he was adorable and small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like, oh, he's cute. I could just put him right in my oh, pocket. He's a cute little boy. Um, and she gets married at her sister's home in Virginia. Aww. Presumably Lucy, I guess, who was married to George's nephew, mm-hmm. I would assume. I mean... 
And and it says, I have a quote that says, the decision to marry James Madison was Dolly's alone, and she expressed complex emotions surrounding it, writing to a friend, in the course of this day, I give my hand to the man who, of all others, I most admire. In this union, I have everything that is soothing and grateful in prospect, and my little pain will have a generous and tender protector. Aww. Which, once again, they like were like, it's complex. And I'm like, it just sounds like she loves him. Yeah, <laughs> like, it does. It does not in any way it sound sounds, complex. It sounds like she has made the decision for herself and she loves him and he's going to be an awesome dad dad to her son. Yeah. yeah. And provide for them. Great. I mean, I imagine all you could want. I've never been a single mother, but I imagine being a single mother like that's a huge part of bringing somebody new into your life yeah. is, you know, somebody that's going to treat your child like you would want them to. Right. And extremely important at the time because women at this point aren't really, like, allowed to work for themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's like she can do, like, you know, like her mom has a boarding house, but that's kind of, like, seen, I think, as a womanly thing to do. And it's like she has to. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, Dolly's, like, working there with her and, like, I'm assuming staying there for free and such. But, like, there's not a lot of opportunities as far as work to do. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that I think she'd be good at, like, a lot of jobs. Like, it's just not... A time when women are allowed to work, really, yeah. in most fields. And especially not work in fields that are actually going to provide enough for her and her son. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, yeah, I mean, that's a big part of it. I mean, that's kind of a part of it always, you know. It's like you should marry someone, obviously, who you love. But it is nice if they can, like, support you in general yeah. and that you can support them. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, like, more complicated trying to marry someone who has a lot of debts or, mm-hmm. like, a lot of financial issues in general. Yeah. Makes it a little harder. Right. Like most people, I think, in like studies they've shown most people get divorced because of financial reasons. Oh, yeah. It's a huge thing. Yeah. So it's a good thing to think about. Mm -hmm. And so – and like I I like earlier that it said – the decision to marry him was hers alone because in the first place her father had her marry someone just to like make some like have someone with money yeah and it didn't even work out for her because mm-hmm. she didn't even get that money yeah even though he left it to her mm-hmm. and so like this time it really feels more like you know it's nice that he has money and is capable of taking care of us but like I'm marrying him because I love him yeah and I think he's gonna be a good dad and it's mm-hmm. like that's beautiful it is so yeah several months after they start dating they get married. And they stay in Philadelphia for the next three years. And Madison isn't a Quaker. Um, but Dolly doesn't really care. I don't think she was ever really into it. Like some of the quotes are like, she had to give up her religion for him. Mm-hmm. But then I also have one that says, but she seemed to have lost little sleep over it, later confiding in or to another lapsed Quaker that neither of us were very faithful representatives of that respectable society. And Quakers wear, like, really kind of drab garments, Mm -hmm. you know. They're supposed to be, like, humble people, and so they're Mm -hmm. wearing, like, you know, very, like, neutral colors in general. And, like, right after that, Dolly starts wearing, like, super fancy, Mm -hmm. colorful clothes and attire. And so I'm like, yeah, I don't think she cares a lot. It's like, you know, my mom cares about that. It's not really my Mm -hmm. situation. She also said, the Society of Friends, which is also what the Quakers are called, used to control me entirely and debar me from so many advantages and pleasures. Oh. <laughs> so I don't think she cares. No. Too much. Apparently. So, so then Dolly becomes, like, a super fashionable lady and everyone's, mm-hmm. like, thinks she's really cool because she's got, like, a whole bunch of – she wears, like, hip new things and, like, things from, like, international type things. Like, she starts uh, wearing a trademark turban. Oh. Yeah, like a like a close one to the head. Uh-huh. Just like a cute little hat that she wears. Huh. But it's from, you know, afar. But uh-huh. people are like, ooh, that's like stylish. Because like yeah. nobody else is doing that. Mm-hmm. So she's like super cool. 
She was groundbreaking in fashion. Yeah. A chronicler wrote, She looked a queen. It would be absolutely impossible for anyone to behave with more perfect propriety than she did. Oh. So she's a real socialite. Mm-hmm. And she's Very awesome. poised. She's often referred to as Lady Madison. Like she, lady. Like he's a lord and she's a uh-huh. lady. Um, and she has a ship named after her. Oh. That's how cool people think she is. Oh, my. Uh, she's also— I would love to get to that point right? in my life. That's pretty like, legit. You are so, like, such a bright star uh-huh. in the universe We're gonna that I'm going to name a boat after you. <laughs> I'm on a boat. And smash a bottle of champagne on it right there. To name it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, That's man. Pretty dope. Um, she also solicited by authors to help promote books because they think that's going to help them sell them. Oh, well, yeah. Um, and she's depicted on a magazine cover. Hey. So she's... In- Hello, Dolly. <laughs> she's literally in Vogue. <laughs> Even though I don't think Vogue exists yet. Probably not. Um, but if it, maybe. if it did, she would have been on the cover. She's greatly respected by some of history's greatest politicians, although <laughs> this quote makes me mad that it says that because it says, including President Andrew Jackson. <laughs> Really? We're going to say greatest politicians of history? Andrew Jackson. Yeah. I only know that's a bad thing because I've heard you say stuff about Andrew Jackson. Ooh, I in the hate past. him so much. And how, why is he on our money? The only thing I've <laughs> ever liked about Andrew Jackson is what I'm about to tell you. Okay. Where he calls Dolly a national institution. That is nice. That's his only redeeming quality. <laughs> is he once said something nice about Dolly uh... Madison? Anyway, <laughs> other than that, throw him in the garbage. Yeah. Just trash him entirely. Mm. But so, in 1797, Madison retires from politics. He's been in the House of Representatives for eight years. Wait, what year is this? 1797. 1797. So they're okay. married, and he's like, I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Bored. And uh, he and his family move back to Montpelier in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go back to the family plantation. The Madisons have a family plantation that his parents live at. All right. So they move back. Um, and presumably part of why they move back is because his mother-in-law or his mother, Dolly's mother-in-law, is getting old. Oh. And so they move back and then Dolly uh, is kind of managing the estate and mm-hmm. taking care of her. Like managing the like house staff and mm-hmm. also taking care of her mother-in-law. Um, which is very nice mm-hmm. because most people have issues with their mother-in-law. Yeah. So good for you. I love a good mother-in-law relationship story. Right. It's always a nice it just time. It makes me feel like there's good things in the world. Right. <laughs> it can be good. It's it, possible. It is. Um, but so Madison's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And they move back, you know, to the plantation. But then his political ally this says but i would say his bestie uh thomas jefferson oh yeah is elected as the third president of the united states mm-hmm. in 1800 so three years later yeah. and uh he's like hey madison do you want to be secretary of state please mm-hmm. my best friend mm-hmm. um and so madison's like okay <laughs> so they <laughs> all right so I'll they ju- move for you i'll do it i guess so they move to washington um and they uh, take their domestic slaves from Montpelier with them. Okay. So there they go, to Washington. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is what I was talking about with you. Okay. So Thomas Jefferson, uh-huh. after he gets elected, um, he's already a widower. Uh-huh. His wife is dead. Yeah. So 
instead of like doing the things by himself when mm-hmm. like dig- dignitaries and stuff are going to bring their wives, he's oh. like, hey, Madison, can I borrow Dolly for the evening? Gotcha. Because she's really uh, adept at social interactions. That's... Got it. Yes. That's why, I, for some reason, I had in my mind something about her being shared. Between, <laughs> about wife sharing. Yeah. <laughs> between founding fathers. Yes. Yeah, they are not, I, sh- no. I want to point out. No. <laughs> um, but he is borrowing her for her social let's, prowess. Let's start the rumors right now. <laughs> they, they were, were into some kinky they're stuff. They're hooking up. <laughs> no. I can't even imagine. <laughs> like, I just, I don't think that... I have too much respect for Dolly to think that she would actually be attracted to Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Jefferson. But they were friends. So maybe, they were friends. Maybe she would think, oh, but, uh, but he's my friend. I'll uh, tell you some things in a minute. But okay. I'm like, I don't think so. Okay. So he asked her to come to functions, right? Uh-huh. And she's like way into, I think she really likes being a politician's wife uh-huh. because she's so sociable and she's really good at it. She's good at the mingling. Yes. And, the, and she yeah. likes parties and she's just very gregarious. And I think probably after, you know, this is all my like conjecture, mm-hmm. but I think after Madison retired, I think she probably was kind of bummed. Because, like, plantation owners, I don't think, have a lot of, like, socializing time. Mm -hmm. You spend a lot of time at home. She's taking care of, like, you know, her old mother-in-law, hanging out with people at the house, but, like, not in the city anymore, having the parties with her fancy turban, you Mm -hmm. know, hanging out with people. Um, And so I think she's, like, pretty excited to go to Washington, D.C. And then Jefferson's like, hey, do you want to help me? And she's Mm -hmm. like, yes, I do. Because she wants to meet all these, like, cool, fancy people. Yeah. And for them to think she's cool and fancy because she is. And these are uh, Jefferson is the first president to live in the White House. White House doesn't exist oh. before that. So this is the first time like we're set up in Washington D.C. proper, and we have a specific house for presidents. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I have a quote. I I must have written this at the beginning. I wrote Hamilton was wrong. <laughs> oh, no. Um, mean the musical. Oh no. Because um, I have a quote that says Jefferson, on the other hand, consciously cultivated an informal style at the White House, ignoring the established European custom by inviting guests to seat themselves at random for dinner instead of diplomatic hierarchy. Um, and I'm specifically talking about the um, quote where Jefferson says, I arranged the menu, the venue, uh-huh. the seating. Uh-huh. He doesn't do that. He doesn't give an F where you sit. It's okay, Lin-Manuel Miranda. We still love you. <laughs> You're great. And you know what? <laughs> you made lots of people be actually interested in history, and that's lovely. I mean, I learned a lot. Yes. Everyone learned a lot. <laughs> but he knows. Like, there's some stuff he's talking about in interviews where he's like, yeah, I know this isn't historically accurate. We just thought this was better, like, dramatically. Mm-hmm. And then I'm always, I'm always like, uh, is it? Because I just think that the, I think usually the realistic stuff is mm-hmm. the best stuff. But I un, or like the the real thing. But I also understand that I am a historian for a reason, and not yeah. everyone is. So whatever. But he doesn't arrange seating. He doesn't like to do it. He goes sit wherever you want, and then all the dignitaries go. I'm sorry, what? Um, because that's seen as he's just disrespectful. He's, he's crazy. You can't just do that. He's he's so <laughs> Jefferson is so flippant. But like a hundred percent, that's what I would do. <laughs> You're like, see yourself wherever, and they're like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's anarchy. Sit down. Who Sit cares? Wherever you want." So this creates like an actual international issue. No way. I'm serious. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. 
uh, yeah, I have a quote that says, Jefferson created a serious international incident in 1803 oh. by pointedly escorting Dolly to the dinner table instead of the wife of the British ambassador, Anthony Mary, as protocol would dictate. So he's supposed to seat the guy's wife, okay. right? That's like respectfully uh-huh. taking care of his wife. But instead, he seats Dolly. Mm-hmm. And Dolly knows it's wrong. She knows you're not supposed to do that. She knows all the the social customs. She knows everything. Yeah. And so she's like, what are you doing? And I just see her, like, talking to him in clenched teeth about what he's supposed Mm -hmm. to be doing. And he's like, it's fine. Um, But they get really mad. Yeah. Because um, this is the Marys as representatives of Great Britain, which at this time we have, uh, you know. Troubled relationships. Mixed relations with um, are mad about it. Because they're like, hey, we deserve more respect than that. Um, and it is called the Mary Affair. No. Yeah. This it incident. It has a name. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Um, if I was in any sort of political power, I would cause so many international <laughs> incidents. If this could happen so easily. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's a good thing I'm not a Woo! politician. For many reasons. <laughs> For a lot of reasons. Um, but, yeah, the Mary yeah. Affair escalates Already disquieting political tensions between two nations, I have the quote. In a time when communication of letters across the ocean was painfully slow, ambassadors were quite literally representatives of their king. And to offend them meant offending the states they represented. So this is like not a slight to the Marys. It is a slight to the king of England. Yeesh. Because you're acting as if you had the queen there and you didn't escort her to the dinner table. You escorted some other dude's wife who's basically pretending to be Uh your wife. Instead of the queen. He's not even, she's not even your wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she's not even technically the first lady. So cool. Yikes. Good for you. And Dolly's, like, trying. She keeps trying to, like, explain to him what to do and mm-hmm. why he's doing things wrong. And he just doesn't listen because he's stubborn and because stupid. He's, because he's Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. I mean, he's a great dude, blah, 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 but he's stupid. <laughs> a, great, a great dude, blah, blah, blah. What a glowing endorsement yeah. for Jefferson. Have you ever seen his bed? What? Have I shown Why you Why would I have bed? seen his bed? Because it's crazy. Oh, Hold no. On. Do you have a picture of Thomas Jefferson's I'm going to Google it. I don't know if I'm ready. It's in between two rooms. Oh, you did show me that. That's his bed. Yeah, it's like in the hallway. It's ridiculous. It takes up the whole. That's no, that's insane. <laughs> I think it wasn't just him who did that. I think that was like he probably thing had of some time. sort of personality disorder that oh, was undiagnosed at the time. Did. <laughs> they didn't have uh, chemical, uh, you know, solutions. Yeah, I have to tell you, there's a quote from Martha Washington uh-huh. after George Washington dies. Thomas Jefferson goes over to her house to have dinner with her, uh-huh. like, to be like, oh, so sorry yeah. your husband died. We were friends. I liked mm-hmm. him. And she later uh, wrote down that that was the worst experience of her <laughs> life, including her husband dying. It was worse I mean, she's... when Thomas Jefferson came over to her house and her husband wasn't there to talk to him. <laughs> oh, no. That's how people feel about Thomas Jefferson oh, no. at the time. And, I mean, I believe Martha, she's our nation's mother. She is. She's, she's mama. And she really loved her she's husband. She's mama America. A lot. Yeah. And still, the worst thing about him being dead is that Thomas Jefferson came over and had dinner with her. Oh, gosh. I would love. Woo! That would be fun to be a fly on that one. <laughs> Seriously. Just the two of them at an awkward, so you know, uncomfortable. sitting. I imagine them sitting at the ends of like a really, yeah. really long table. <laughs> yeah, totally. 
<laughs> or like across the room in like a nice like uh-huh. foyer sitting room. Uh-huh. Where they're, like, nowhere near each other. And he's like, trying to talk but failing at saying oh, yeah. the right things. And she just, like, turns her face and to the sky. And she's just like, please leave. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you know, people have feelings about Thomas Jefferson. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not saying that because, like, obviously I don't know what he was like. Mm-hmm. But I've read what other people think he was like. And I'm like, yeesh. So Dolly's like, hey, maybe don't be such an idiot next time. And he's like, whatever. And so uh, she, but she's, like, still worried about it. Because she Mm -hmm. thinks also reflects badly on her, I think. And, like, she's friends with Jefferson. And she's like, I don't want you to be an idiot and, like, ruin our country. And so uh, she befriends Elizabeth Mary, who's Mm -hmm. the wife that didn't get seated. And she sends her messages. She starts, um, like, I think sending her letters. And they have a common friend who is the wife of the Spanish ambassador. Because she's already made friends with her on a previous mm-hmm. meeting. Oh, she makes all supposedly. the friends. Right. And so after that, I'm assuming the Spanish ambassador's wife is like, no, she's cool, okay? Mm-hmm. And Jefferson's kind of stupid, but Dolly's wonderful. And so uh, she invites the Marys after that to have dinner at her house, at the Madison's house. Oh. Um, and they go to her house, and they have a nice dinner, and everything's fine. So thanks, Dolly, for diffusing the political <laughs> bomb that the president created. <laughs> Um, only a woman could do that. Only Dolly. I, mean. uh, I have a quote that says she would steer conversations with political figures, including their spouses, in a way that revealed their positions on issues facing the Madison administration. This is obviously later when yeah. Madison is president. Yeah. But uh, or sought to convince them to consider the viewpoint of her husband. So, like, not only is she, like, really charming and mm-hmm. everything, but she's, like, actually politically helping her husband. Mm-hmm. She's sneaky. She's smart. She's brilliant. And so, uh, oh, she also um, is not only, like, really put together, you know, mm-hmm. really good at social engagements and getting people to pay attention to her husband, uh, who is very awkward and, mm-hmm. like I said, quiet and weird, um, who I'm certain could not have been elected without her. Um, she also starts raising money for uh, Lewis and Clark explorations. Oh, hey. So she's doing, like, humanitarian work, kind of. And I'm like, Cool. Good job. Nice. Yeah. And that's why I told you before that she's not a first lady. She's the first lady. (laughs) Because as far as, like, historians are concerned, she's the first first lady who is actually doing first lady things. Mm -hmm. Like, what we consider to be first lady things, which is, like, humanitarian stuff, social stuff, and that she's kind of, like, America's mom, Uh you know, um, of the time. Mm -hmm. Because, like, Martha was pretty quiet, secluded, Mm -hmm. you know. And Thomas Jefferson, like I said, doesn't have a wife. Um, Abigail Adams is, like, she's really cool and she's really smart, but mm-hmm. she's also not, like, super into being in the limelight, I don't she's think. She's not really involved in the... No. Um, in and then the Madison's stuff. right after Jefferson. So mm-hmm. There you go. Okay. And Dolly is not only, like, the first lady, obviously, when Madison is president, but she's basically the first lady when Jefferson's president, mm-hmm. too. So she's also, like, had experience doing it. Yeah. Uh, when he gets elected. She's the first lady to also associate herself with a public project, which is a fundraiser to help found a D.C. home for young orphan girls. Oh. Which is so nice. That's nice. I know. And she befriends nuns from the local Catholic school and starts a lifelong association with their organization, too. Very nice. Yeah. It's like um, like Eliza in uh, Hamilton. Oh, uh-huh. And she sets up the orphanage yeah. for girls. and then yeah. And it still exists. There you go. It's so nice. I didn't know it was still around. Yeah. That's cool. It's very cool. Um, 
anyway, so she's got all these years of knowledge about mm. how to be a first lady. And then um, her husband is running for president, right? So she's also, like, already knows all of the, like, foreign ambassadors mm-hmm. who are, like, into the idea that she's pre- or, yeah. like, that she becomes first lady. Yeah. Her husband's president. And then all the people who are possibly, you know, who are voters to mm-hmm. elect the next president are like, well, she knows what she's doing with them. Mm -hmm. And also, um, you know, presumably she can help Madison Mm -hmm. do whatever he's doing. Uh, I think similarly in the way of like the Clintons. Yeah. Like Hillary, like obviously Dolly is not an actual politician, Mm -hmm. but like part of the benefit of like Bill Clinton being president is that Hillary Clinton was first lady and she knows what's going on because she was already a politician. Yeah. So they're like, well, she, yeah, that's going to be great because she knows what to do. She knows. And she's like a huge helpful support. She knows the secrets. She knows all the secrets. Right. Um, And in this, in a similar way. This is like a political power couple in that Dolly knows what to mm-hmm. do and knows the ins and outs of working with these people. Mm-hmm. And so people are more confident that Madison will know what to do. Um, because before that, I don't know that a lot of people thought that Madison could be president mm-hmm. specifically. But he's also now been the secretary of state, which helps. Oh, yeah. Because he's had that exposure, too. Mm-hmm. And people know and so in the 1808 Democratic-Republican caucus, they nominate Madison to succeed Jefferson. And in the election, um, there's an attempt by Federalist newspapers in Baltimore and Boston to imply that Mrs. Madison had been intimate with President Jefferson Hey-o. as a way of attacking her character. So well, not only are they going to attack Madison's character, they're going to attack Dolly's character. Yeah. Thanks. I mean— when the chips are down. Isn't that the way it goes? You claim ho. Those Federalists. <laughs> That's how it goes. Gross. <laughs> yeah, Jefferson's enemies. And you can say that because they're not a party anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> or he was offered sexual favors from Dolly and her sister. Oh, why'd you got to get the sister involved? I know. Anna's not doing anything. Could you imagine Leave if you're like, alone. I'm not even a politician. <laughs> I just live at this just house. Just because my sister's... You know, awesome and married right. to this politician. And I, live, I gotta be dragged and into I this And I live mess? with them. Come yeah. on. And his enemies also loosely, or Madison's enemies, loosely suggest that she may be too liberal with her physical affections. Hey. And I'm like, ah. That's a great way to put it, though. Yeah. Real, real like, coy. I'm not a slut. I'm just a little liberal mm-hmm. with my physical affections. Whatever. So Madison, he is well-respected because he is the father of the Constitution. He's a smart cookie. Mm-hmm. But um, he has a, I have a quote that says, his terse and bookish qualities do not oh, endear no. him to Americans. <laughs> terse and bookish. Yeah. He's real smarty pants, but he's uh-huh. real, not, he's not like um, eloquent. Yeah. Right? Thomas Jefferson's very eloquent. Yeah. And Madison is not. Few words. Few words, terse. Terse and bookish. And bookish. So he, like, makes you feel dumb with his few words, and you're like, come on. Um, But Dolly is so warm and inviting that it makes him seem better just standing Mm -hmm. next to her. I mean, seriously, though, how many times, I mean, again, I'm going to say, how many times in history when I know nothing about it? (laughs) But I feel like there's many stories of where, you know— because you've got such an awesome woman on your side, mm-hmm. it's like, well, he can't be all that bad. Yeah. I feel this way also about John Adams and Abigail Adams. Mm-hmm. Like, she's really nice and cool and great and smart. Mm-hmm. And I think that people like him more because of her, um, even though they don't end up liking him very much. Yeah. 
but um, more. Mm-hmm. It gives them something in the positive column. Yeah, more than they would have previously. Yeah. <laughs> um, and although at the time women's involvement in political affairs were frowned upon, which mm-hmm. like when aren't they frowned upon? But, um, you know, but either way, she's still like pimping her husband out, like, you know, pumping mm-hmm. him up, talking to people about him right up in the business. And her success prompts an opposition candidate named Charles Pickney to grumble, I might have had a better chance had I faced Mr. Madison alone. <laughs> oh, what? So a he, woman caused trouble for you? Whoa. Oh, no, you couldn't beat a woman? Oh. I really appreciate that, though. It's basically he's like, well, he only won because his wife is cool. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> suck it. It's he almost, married good. It's almost like women are important. Whoa. <laughs> almost. <laughs> Blowing my mind. Um, so for the inauguration in 1809, oh, spoiler alert, they win. <laughs> I think I knew that already. Uh, I think probably. I'm pretty I've sure. I sang the song, and I'm pretty sure Madison's in it. I mean, I've never sang the song, but I did oh. mem- in high school. I did memorize, you did have all, to memorize all, of them. all of the presidents and the years that they served oh, as president. Oh, you didn't know the years? Yeah, Gross. the exact years. We didn't but I, like, years. nailed it. <laughs> nice. Because I, I made my own song and dance. So then you remember when the inauguration is? <laughs> no. <laughs> Dude, I was, like, 16. <laughs> so in 1809, they have his inauguration. Um, and a Navy captain is there and asks Dolly if a former dinner and dance could be thrown in their honor. And so she's like, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love doing that. Yes. And on uh, that approval, that starts with the tradition of the inaugural ball. Oh, hey. That we still do. Oh. Yeah. Well, because Dolly liked to They're party. They're like, let's have a party. She wanted to dance. Um, so Madison wins two terms in office eventually from 1809 to 1817. And Dolly, every week, has gatherings um, with, like, people all in the political sphere to just, mm-hmm. like, hang out and talk. Of course. Weekly dinners. That's how you get stuff done. Yes. It says, a provided a social setting for politicking. Mm-hmm. With a K? Yeah, C-K. Politicking. I-N-G. Politicking. It's such a weird word. It looks terrible. It doesn't. It's wrong. <laughs> um, so Madison has this problem. And he is talking to his treasurer— Albert Gallatin, um, and he's having issues with him because he's very penny-pinching, his his treasurer. Mm. And he's blocking congressional resolutions to expand the country's armed forces. But, like, we're having a problem at that point where we're not having good relationships with England so much anymore. Yeah. And England's like, mm, maybe we come back and just take it back over. <laughs> huh? Maybe... And so Madison's like, hey, buddy, we need some money for some troops. Mm-hmm. And Gallatin's like, no. That's going to be bad. You don't. Uh, and the United States um, begins a conflict on June 18th, 1812. What? And they have I've heard that year before. <laughs> they have no army worth mentioning, this quote says, and a navy consisting of a handful of frigates and a oh, fleet no. of gunboats, oh, mostly no. armed with a single cannon. Oh, no. Woo! That's not good. And in 1811, so the year before, uh-huh. Congress voted to abolish Alexander no. Hamilton's Bank of the United States. Oh. Bye. Uh, making I it, didn't know that. <laughs> yes. And that makes it nearly impossible for the government to raise money. Uh-huh. <laughs> Great. And the worst thing, uh, the British and their European allies 
had engaged um, and would defeat Napoleon uh, in his French battles across Europe in 1812 and 1813, um, which means the United States would fight Britain all alone. Oh, which we've never done before. That's not going to work out. If you think that we won the American Revolution by ourselves, you are very wrong. You taught me that. France helped us so much that it mm-hmm. literally would have been impossible for us to win by ourselves. And now it's by ourselves. And now we're by ourselves. Well, shoot. In March 1813, Gallatin told the president, we have hardly money enough to last till the end of the month. Oh. For the country. Oh. The whole country. That's not good. We're not going to make it to next month's rent for the United States. And that's when America ended. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Did you know it's been over since 1813? You're living in a lie. So in Congress, people are mad. Yeah. At Madison. Oh. Because they're like, hey, buddy, where's the army? And he's like, I tried, and they wouldn't give me any money. Mm -hmm. And they're like, this is your fault because you're president. I mean, that's usually how it happens, though. Yeah, being president sucks. Like, whenever, whatever bad thing happens while you're president, it's your fault. No matter what you try yep. to do, doesn't matter. Yep. If it happened while you're there, your fault. Yep. Even when it's, like, entirely out of your uh-huh. control, still your fault. Yep. Because only nobody knows who's in charge. They only know you. Yep. So, cool. Being president Tough sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, never who, sign me up. Who would ever want to do this? Idiots. Yes. And Obama. (laughs) (laughs) And Obama. And Obama. Anyway, (laughs) um, the governor of Massachusetts refuses to allow any of the state's militia to join the campaign uh, that's happening in Canada with Britain. Oh. So they're like, our state people militia that you're relying Uh on probably, we're not helping you. Oh. Too bad. Oh. We're protecting ourselves. Oh. Get over it. That's not going to be We'll good. be the United States of Massachusetts. <laughs> that, I don't think that's going to turn out well. <laughs> no, probably not the best. Something um, And at the same time, they were having all of this problem with Britain where they're coming up in our business. Mm-hmm. Madison gets malaria. <laughs> oh. Uh, and his aged vice president is named Elbridge Gary grew so feeble that Congress began arguing about who would become president if they both died. Oh. Because we don't have a plan yet. Yeah. We don't have an order set up. No. Right now, it's the vice president would do it. Yeah. But, like, he might die first. Yikes. That's not good. And they think that Madison's not going to live. So I didn't know this story was going to have so many diseases in Whoops. it. Oh, I yeah. like it. I love I love diseases. The past has so many diseases. <laughs> I'm a fan of diseases. You're like, there's yellow fever, malaria. malaria. <laughs> what? This is a treat. Yikes. <laughs> so <laughs> Dolly is in the White House. And that's one of the few places in the whole country where uh, she is like, making people hopeful Mm -hmm. and that she's determined that they're going to keep it going. Yeah. Um, I have a quote that says, although she was born a Quaker, Dolly saw herself as a fighter because they're uh, pacifists. Yeah. I have always been an advocate for fighting when assailed, she wrote to her cousin Edward Coles in a May 1813 letter discussing the possibility of a British attack on the city of Washington, D.C. Hmm. Uh, so people get excited because there's an American victory over a British frigate called the Macedonian off of the Canary Islands. 
Um, and that reached the capital, like that they won, uh-huh. um, during a ball that was happening in December 1812. Um, and to sell or that was to celebrate Congress's decision to enlarge the Navy. Finally, <laughs> at the end of the year of 1812, I, can I just we've say, been fighting for months. I love that they're like, we're going to have a Navy. Yay, let's have a party. Yeah, we did something. <laughs> Every time Congress does something, they throw a party. Let's celebrate our Navy with they a ball. don't have a lot of parties. <laughs> and so um, oh. in that moment, a young lieutenant arrives at the ball. He's carrying the flag of the defeated ship, and he runs down the floor, and he lays it at Dolly's feet. Look what I've brought you, my lady. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. She's the business. <laughs> so they're like, they don't even go to Madison. They're like, we win. They're like, Dolly, we won. <laughs> She's like, well done. She's like, pats him on the head. Mm-hmm. What a good boy. She tossles their hair a little bit. Yes. Like, oh, you're so oh. cute and good. Good job. Um, I have a bit to talk to you about how her parties usually went. Oh. Um, she strived, in the words of one observer, to destroy rancorous feelings then so bitter between Federalists and Republicans. Congress members would go to these parties and they'd be like, you know, argued all day. Mm-hmm. And then they'd get to see those people again. And so they're like, ugh, you know, I don't want to do this. But yeah. in her presence, they relax themselves. Mm-hmm. And they are even willing to discuss compromises while they're there with her because she's so, like, calming and endearing. She's a freaking superhero. She is, yeah. She's got she, a superpower. Yeah. And it's getting Congress calming. to get along. Mm-hmm. How much you want to bet that she's the reason they decided to oh enlarge the Navy? If I had that superpower, I could control the world. <laughs> and she did. I would take She controlled over. The I would America. dominate the entire universe. Um, almost all of the people's wives and daughters were friends with Dolly. So, like, even if they didn't super love Madison, their wives and, like, the women in their lives all really like Dolly, who is married to mm-hmm. him, which helps. Mm-hmm. Um, and she would leave her calling cards all over the city. Uh, before the war, most of her parties had at least 300 people, sometimes 500 people. Ooh. And um, young people called them squeezes. 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 We're going to Dolly's squeeze. Dolly's squeeze. Dolly's so throwing cute. another squeeze. She'd have these on Wednesday evenings. Oh, interesting squeezes. night for a party. Whatever. Um and it was she was so skillful at these parties that one congressman wrote, By her deportment in her own house, you cannot discover who is her husband's friends or foes. Aww. Everybody's getting along so good. Go. Couldn't even tell you who likes and doesn't mm-hmm. like Madison. Um, and I'm like, maybe it's good to do in the middle of the week. Because <laughs> then it's like you're going back to Congress tomorrow. Yeah. So maybe you'll be nicer to my husband yeah. and do what we want you to do. Don't be so angry. Uh, in January 1811, author Washington Irvine stepped into the blazing splendor of Mrs. Madison's drawing room. Here I was most graciously received, found a crowd collection, crowded collection of great and little men, of ugly old women and beautiful young ones, and in 10 minutes was hand and glove with half the people in the assemblage. Mrs. Madison is a fine, portly, buxom dame <laughs> who has a smile and a pleasant word for everybody. Can I please have that be... Like how they talk about me. Fine, after portly, I'm buxom dame. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. You're not very buxom. I'm that's not. usually like boobs. Way to out me Exposure. in front of the world. <laughs> I didn't know this was an expose. <laughs> On me, it always is. <laughs> My goodness. It's a trap. Ugh. <laughs> Maybe someday. Maybe someday. <laughs> she has some babies. Um, oh. Oh, uh, Dolly at some point is helping James figure out how to uh, 
reach out to the new Warhawk congressman, Henry Clay. Warhawk? That's what they call him. Oh. I don't know what that means. Um, She found a most apolitical way to bond with him, my quote says. Uh, They dip snuff together. No. (laughs) Drugs. Yeah, Uh, drugs. Leading a friend to comment, her snuff box has a magical influence. No. No. Hell yeah, dude. That is not real. Awesome. Oh, my gosh. That's insane. And most Americans liked her, but she had critics, including Elijah Mills, who is a senator from Massachusetts, which is where they wouldn't give them troops. Uh, who complained that she mixed all classes of people, greasy boots and silk stockings. How gross. Terrible. Oh, my gosh. Those people aren't the same. Greasy boots. Get them out of here. People aren't created equal. Wow. (laughs) Um, Greasy boots. While people were crapping on James during this war, calling him Little Jemmy. (laughs) Um, and reviving Smear that he was impotent. Oh. Because they haven't had any kids. Um, underscoring that with battlefield defeats, which he presided over. So they're like, he can't have babies. He also can't do this, I guess. But Dolly just ignores them. And, uh, Good job, girl. Yeah. If, uh, she says, it says, if the president looked as if he had one foot in the grave, Dolly bloomed. <laughs> um, more and more people began bestowing a new title of on her, First Lady, the first wife of a U.S. president Aww. to be designated such. So also she's the First Lady because yeah. she's the first time anyone uses yeah. that term. Um, and she creates a semi-public office as well as a unique role for herself and those who would follow her in the White House. White. White. Very huh. white. White. So... The British are attacking still, though. No! Even while we're having parties. And um, they're all on the coastline from Florida to Delaware, which is like most of it. That's a lot. (laughs) Delaware's pretty far north. That's like almost the entire East Coast. They've decided to ignore Maine. I'm just like, Nothing's up there. It's gross. They're they're working their way up. Don't they know that one day it's going to be the home of Stephen King? (laughs) Again and again, I have a quote that says, their landing parties swarmed ashore to pillage homes, rape women, burn public and private property. And the commander Ugh. of these operations, if you can possibly believe it, is named Sir George Cockburn. <laughs> Stop. Not joking. It. I only believe it because it's so ridiculous. It Nobody could have made it up. Yeah. A strutting, red-faced rear no. admiral. <laughs> widely considered to be arrogant as he was ruthless. No. Woo! I mean... I, you would be arrogant, too, if you had that name. Cockburn. Yeah. Yikes. You'd have to be. <laughs> you would have to be the most arrogant SOB. Right. Like, in order to survive with that name. Yeah. You know what's really close to Delaware? What? Washington, D.C. Uh-oh. <laughs> and so, people start moving <laughs> out of Washington, D.C. Yeah. Um, Dolly, not so much. Um, she continues to insist that no British army could get within 20 miles of the city. Oh. But the drumbeat of news around early landings, British troops have sacked Havre de Grace, Maryland, on May 4th, 1813, uh, and tried to take Craney Island near Norfolk, Virginia, in June of that year. So everyone's like, yeah, they're creeping towards us. I don't think mm-hmm. so. Um, some claim that Dolly herself was planning to flee Washington. 
If Madison attempted to abandon the city as well, critics threatened the president and the city would fall together. Oh. Um, Dolly wrote to a friend in a letter, I am not the least alarmed at these things, but entirely disgusted and determined to stay with him. Oh. So she don't give an F. She's going to stay by her hubby. So on August 17th, 1814, so time has passed. Yeah. Uh, a large Did we just skip a year? Yeah. Okay. So they, it takes them a while. Yeah. But a large British fleet drops anchor at the mouth of the Patuxent, Patuxent River, which is 35 miles from D.C. Uh-oh. Aboard are 4,000 veteran troops under command of a tough professional soldier, Major General Robert Ross. Major General? Major General. I don't think it works unless that's his name. No. It's like in context. <laughs> um, so they come ashore in Maryland, fire no shots, and just start walking towards Washington, D.C. Not even bothering with people around them. Whatever. We're just going to walk in. Yeah. Um, there is not a single trained American soldier in the vicinity to oppose them. What? Why? I, no trained soldiers. Oh. All Madison could do is call out thousands of militia. Yay. They're not trained to no. be soldiers. Um, and the commander of these jittery amateurs, my quote says, oh, is Brigadier General William Winder, whom Madison had appointed largely because his uncle, the governor of Maryland, had already raised a militia. That's why. Not because he's, like, good at it. Yeah. He's like, your uncle gave us a lot of troops. You can be in charge. You do it, too. Yeah. Oh, no. Cool. (laughs) This is not a recipe for success. Um, So the president goes, he leaves D.C., and he goes to greet the people, you know, uh, be on the front line, as it Mm -hmm. were. Um, And Dolly decides to throw. Can I just side note? I miss those days. Oh, the president's The president's like, I'm going to be right there with him. It's stupid. But like, because you could die. I, I feel like I trust that more. <laughs> like, sure. you know, they're like, we're gonna do this, and I'm like, are you gonna be there doing it too? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really? Hey, are you? Yeah, but they don't mm-hmm. know how to do it anymore. I don't think Madison they, really. They don't knew have how to the cojones. Uh, well, and these guys, a lot of these guys, um, either fought in the Revolutionary mm-hmm. War, like they're, you know, they're, they're mm-hmm. old enough that they could have done that, or like maybe their parents did. Yeah. Like, Madison, I think, did. Or mm-hmm. at least he was, like, uh, around for stratagem. I don't know if he fought specifically. Mm-hmm. But he rides off, and Dolly's like, let's throw a dinner party. Oh, Dolly. <laughs> for who? <laughs> Dolly, Dolly, Dolly. Uh, the National Intelligencer newspaper reported that the British had received 6,000 reinforcements. They had 4,000 people before. Oh. Now they have 6,000 more. 10,000 people. Um, and not a single person accepts her invitation for her party. <laughs> well, yeah. What's happening? Uh, so she goes. Dolly, <laughs> if people aren't coming to your parties, there's something going on. So she goes up to the roof of the White House with a spyglass to see and if she can jumps. see. No. 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 <laughs> she goes up with a spyglass to see if she can see him, which uh-huh. this is like the cutest image of her on the White House, like trying to spy like a pirate. Mm-hmm. Just to see if she can see the troops. It's like, can I see my husband? Adorable. Where's my Jimmy? <laughs> Where's Jimmy? I love him. Um, meanwhile, Madison sends her two scribble messages written in quick succession on August 23rd. The first one assures her that the British will be easily defeated. No oh. problem. Uh, <laughs> the second warns her to be ready to flee at a moment's notice. Yeah. <laughs> I think the first one's probably before the re- reinforcements get there. Well, I mean, yeah, or he's just trying to, like, make her feel... 
you know, Better. at ease. Yeah. But then he's like, oh, no, I this imagine- is going to be really bad. <laughs> I imagine he sends one. It's like, don't worry, baby girl, we got them. And uh-huh. then it gets there. And then, like, 20 minutes later, like— there's a whole bunch of more reinforcements, uh-huh. and he's like, honey, well, you might have to leave any second, so pack your bags. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Please run. Um, so her husband told her, if the worst happened, that she needs to save the cabinet papers and every public document she can cram into a carriage. Because they're worried they're going to take the White House and take all uh-huh. their important shit. Yeah. And so in the late afternoon, she begins a letter to her sister Lucy describing her situation. My friends and acquaintances are all gone, she wrote. Oh, uh, this is she didn't write this, I don't think. But so you know, the army colonel and his hundred man guard that guard the White House mm-hmm. had fled already too. Oh, cool. Yeah, you need to leave. Uh, but she declared, "I am determined not to go myself until I see Mister Madison safe." Uh, she wanted to be at his side. As I hear of much hostility towards him, disaffection stalks around us. Um, she felt her presence might deter enemies ready to harm the president. So she's hoping if she's there that they mm-hmm. won't kill him, um, which is very nice. I mean, it's nice. It feels like um, a little bit of false confidence that came from years of, like, everybody liking her. Loving her so much. Like, people love me. They wouldn't possibly try to kill my husband if I'm standing next to him. I think it's more like you wouldn't kill a husband in front of his wife, like, and make her go through yeah. that because they're thinking about their own wives maybe. Uh-huh. Um, but it could be. I mean. But either way, like, you know. Everybody needs a wife like Dolly who's like, nope, I'm waiting for my husband, and we're going to do this. So I'm like, what a bae. I mean, she's loyal. Yes. She must love him a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, so she goes to bed next day. Um, after a mostly sleepless night, she's back on the White House spying with her spy glass, <laughs> looking around. And um, she writes another letter to Lucy uh, midday. And she says, turning my spyglass in every direction and watching with unwearied anxiety, hoping to discern the approach of my dear husband and his friends. Instead, all she sees is groups of military wandering in all directions as if there were a lack of arms or of spirit to fight with their own firesides. So they're just wandering and they don't know what to do. No. Um, And what she's witnessing is apparently the disintegration of the army that was supposed to confront the British. (laughs) Whoops. Oh. So Madison is retreating to Washington, mm-hmm. along with General Winder. Um, and at the White House, Dolly packs a wagon with red silk velvet draperies of, from the ov- uh, ov- Oval Room. I want to say Opal Room four times for some reason. Draperies from the Oval Room, the Silver ser- yeah, silver Service, and the Blue and Gold Lostoff China that she had purpose or purchased for the state dining room. So she freaking decked this place out to look yeah, super gorgeous did. when she moved in. And now she's like, I'm saving it. That's mm-hmm. worth it. <laughs> How uh, else am I going to throw parties? She wrote to her sister, will you believe it, my sister? We had a battle or skirmish, and I am still here within the sound of cannon. She can hear cannons firing. Oh gosh. Um, Girlfriend, <laughs> leave. But she orders at the table set for dinner for the president and his staff. Um, and insists that the cook and his assistants begin preparing it. Two messengers covered with dust arrive from the battlefield telling her to run. Yeah. Um, but she refuses because she wants to oh wait for Madison. She's getting on my nerves. She orders that dinner be served. She tells the servants that if she were a man, she would post a cannon in every window of the White House and fight them back. <laughs> and I'm like, Dolly, 
You a firecracker. I mean, she reminds me, though, right now of those characters in horror movies that are like, I'm going to wait because it's not that bad yet and I can maybe take them down. And you're like, no, you need to go right now. You're going to die. This isn't a horror movie, though. It's history. Yeah. But she still could die. She still could. Um, as they prepare to leave, according to Jean-Pierre Sisson, Suisson, Suisson. I'm just going to call him Jean-Pierre. Jean-Pierre. Mm-hmm. Um, the Madison White House steward, Dolly, noticed that there is a Gilbert Stewart portrait of George Washington in the state dining room. Oh, is she going to save it? Um, she says she cannot abandon it to the enemy and told Carol uh, that she doesn't want to leave it to be mocked and desecrated. Aww. So he's like, what are we supposed to do? So she tells him to take it down, um, which they can't because it's screwed into the wall. Take the wall down, too. <laughs> so she orders them to break the frame and to pull it out. Mm. Um, and so at the same time, Jacob Barker, who's a wealthy ship owner, and his friend Robert G.L. DePaster arrive at the White House and offer that they can help, however, and Dolly uh, tells them to take the painting. and uh, They have mm-hmm. to conceal it from the British at all costs. And so they take it. The portrait is eight feet tall. Oh. So it's... So it's quite large. And probably heavy. Yeah. And like I said, it was bolted to the wall. Yeah. And they had to break it out of the frame. Yeesh. Um, yeah. Oh, so she also collects silver, other valuables from the White House, uh... And artifacts including important government documents, original drafts of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, um, the portrait of George Washington, and all of that are, like, you know, priceless artifacts mm-hmm. saved by her specifically because she's like, we gotta. Mm-hmm. And that we still have them because of that. Yeah. Because we probably wouldn't otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently the Gilbert Stewart portrait of George Washington is still currently in the East Room of uh, the White House. Oh, nice. I mean, it's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. It's, like, famously saved from uh-huh. there at this moment. And this is a story that I had read about Dolly, was this specific one. It's her most famous moment when she's like, save the most important things mm-hmm. in the White House. Save that George Washington. His nephew's married to my sister. <laughs> um, da, 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 da. I wonder if she's like, his nephew's married to my sister. I'm close, personal friends with Mr. George Washington. (laughs) Yes, we're very close. Very, very close. Even though he's dead. And so... (laughs) I mean, uh, she could have been having seances in there. Yeah, whatever. She had all sorts of parties. Why not? Um, So uh, we lose. (laughs) And the British take over the White House. Is this when they burn it? Sure is. I knew they burned it at some point, but I couldn't remember when that was. This is when that happened. Okay, cool. So Lieutenant James Scott Cockburn's aide-de-camp, um, they, go in, they go into the White House together, and they find that Dolly has left them a nice dinner in the dining room. Oh, my gosh. Several kinds of wine and handsome cut glasses, decanters, sat on the sideboard, Scott would later recall. The officers sampled some of the dishes and drank a toast to Jemmy's health. Jemmy? James Madison. Oh, okay. It's the mean name okay. they call him to gotcha. make him sound like a child. Yeah. Jemmy. I mean, that's kind of hilarious. 
They're just like, oh, this meal must be for us. It's real douchey. <laughs> it is, but it's hilarious. Oh, and they run around the house grabbing souvenirs. Oh, that's not as funny. Um, according to historian Anthony Pitch in The Burning of Washington, one man strutted around with one of President Madison's hats on, his bayonet boasting that he would parade it through the streets of London if they failed to capture the little president. Oh. So rude. <laughs> the little president. And, um... Oh, so this I don't think is actually that interesting, but just so people know, um, there are multiple accounts of people talking like, no, I was the one who took the painting, or no, it was my idea to mm-hmm. take the painting, and Dolly took credit for it, and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, and like, whatever. <laughs> We're giving the credit to Dolly. Yeah, like, sure, someone else might have done it, but like, it got saved, Dolly was there, Dolly was in charge, therefore... Mm-hmm. We're done. Yeah. But if you want to read about it, other people have claimed that it was their idea or whatever, or that they were the ones who took it. Who cares? We don't. Um, so they leave Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Dolly uh, really wants to go back as soon as possible. Because, like, the British, <laughs> they sack Washington, but then they kind of just, like, go away. Hmm. Like, they don't take us over again. Um, Nothing really happens after that. Yeah. I think we sign some sort of agreement with them, and Uh they leave us alone. And so, uh, yeah. But so Dolly really wants to go back to Washington, D.C. after this happens and rebuild everything and, like, get her parties going again. Of course. And Madison insists that she stay in Virginia until the city is safe. Um, and by August 27th, the president re-entered Washington. In a note hastily the next day, he told his wife, you cannot return too soon. Um, the words, I have a quote that says, the words seem to convey not only Madison's need for her companionship, but also his recognition that she was a potent symbol of his presidency. Mm-hmm. You cannot return too soon. Yeah. We need you, baby. A.K.A. I need you. Spe- and he's not wrong mm-hmm. because um, when they get back to D.C., a lot of the congressmen are like, I don't think that we should be here anymore. Hmm. This capital is really close to water, yeah. obviously. Yeah. It's really easy to get here with boats and destroy us. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe we, we've seen. <laughs> like, maybe we move it mm-hmm. uh, somewhere else. Yeah. And they're talking about moving it to Philadelphia because Philadelphia is nearby and it's really important to our history. It's a big city. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine Why if the not? capital was actually in Philadelphia? <laughs> be really weird. So weird. Oh, and so Dolly moves back to D.C. And she, it says, for several days, according to her friends, she was morose and tearful. Because, like, you know, she was the first, like, first lady to take over that, like, to the White House mm-hmm. and, like, decorate it and everything. And, like, she had just set up dinner there. And, like, that was her home. Yeah. And then now it's gone. And, like, her whole city is just, like, sucks. That would be really sad. It's really depressing. Um, a friend who saw President Madison at the time described him as miserable, shattered, and woebegone. In short, he looks heartbroken. Aww. And I'm like, of course he does. Look what happened. Yeah. Like, while he was president and uh-huh. in charge. And while he felt like he should have been able to take care of it, even though he Be- literally couldn't. Yeah. No one would let but him. But he was in charge. So it's his fault. Absolutely. Um, and he's also betrayed by General Winder, who's the guy who's supposed to be helping him from earlier. 
um, as well as his secretary of war, John Armstrong. He would resign within weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ragtag army that had been routed, they'd leave. Um, he blamed the retreat on low morale and the results of insults and the denunciations of Mr. Madison's war, they call it. Oh. Like he wanted it to happen. Yeah. He was the instigator. He was the cause. He destroyed us. Cool. So the House of Representatives, um, they vote 79 to 37 to consider abandoning Washington, D.C. Oh, wow. Yeah. So quite a few of them are like, we should at least vote about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dolly, as soon as she can, when she gets back, she starts hosting parties again. Yeah. Trying to get people to feel comfortable there again mm-hmm. and to, you know, like give that warm appearance. And she loves it there, I think, in mm-hmm. gen- just in general. And so she's determined to convince people in Congress that they need to vote down the plan to move to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And so for the next four months, she lobbies with legislatures and they, as they debate about the proposal, she hosts these parties to try to show people it's safe and that they can live there and it's okay. And finally, both houses of Congress vote to not only stay in Washington, but also to rebuild the Capitol and the White House. Yes. So... Um, and honestly, like, from what I've read about this, I really don't know that people would have done that without her being there. Oh, yeah. Because she really not only, you know, is, like, so in with Congress that she mm-hmm. can actually talk to them about it and they, like, believe her. And they respect her so much because she's a first lady. But also she convinces so many other people to move back. And I think that's the biggest thing for Congress is that they're like, people don't feel safe here anymore yeah. and they don't want to be here. They're yeah. afraid now. That it's so easy to be taken over. And she convinces people to come back and it's enough for the you know Congress to be like, OK, I think this is OK. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, is kind of a big deal because, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to imagine our capital being elsewhere. Yeah. It's really weird to think about it being in Philadelphia. Yeah. And I don't know that it would have changed. Especially when you think about Philadelphia today. <laughs> I don't know that it would have changed history a lot, like specifically, uh-huh. but it is kind of a big deal. And I would contribute that from what I've read mostly to Dolly. So way to be, girl. Get Congress to do what you want them to do. I mean, leave your mark on the world. So she also is, like, really nice to these, like, political people even when they, like I said earlier, don't like her husband, Mm -hmm. Um, including this guy Robert Smith. He was a secretary of state for Madison, but Madison dismissed him. Oh, and Secretary of State is a high positional. Yeah. So presumably they were close at some point. Uh-huh. And he did something that Madison did not like. Oh. Um, but uh, she, instead of, uh, like, shunning him, you mm-hmm. know, she invites him to dinner at their house. Oh. And when he doesn't come, she goes to call on him personally at his house. And a lot of Americans are complaining about Madison, you know, because of 1812, so the war, um, which is when their election happened in 1812 also. Mm. But she used the invitations for her party to win him favor and a second term, according to some historians. Like, they think that he was so unlikable at that point. The only reason they kept him in power was because of Dolly. Like, that she was like, no, we're going to figure this out. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like, just trust us. Trust me. Trust him. And then everybody was like, okay, fine. He can be president again. But then, obviously, it doesn't go well. As and long still, as you just keep throwing your parties. We're cool. And, but they're still, obviously, mad. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, apparently, she also once got two members of Congress to call off a duel they were about to have. Oh. Which, you know, that saved lives. Yeah. If only she could have done that with Aaron Burr yeah. and Alexander Hamilton. Oh, my Hamilton. gosh. Could you imagine? She'd be like, Burr, please. <laughs> Burr, please. I know you don't like him. I don't like him. Madison doesn't like him, but don't shoot him. <laughs> you dummy. <gasps> oh, she insists while she's... Uh, the first lady, to visit every new representative or senator's household, um, which proves very time-consuming, obviously, mm-hmm. especially because we are consistently getting new Congress people at this time yeah. as po- you know populations grow. Um, and uh, her successors, I have a quote that says, her successors found the practice too burdensome and stopped it. Oh. So they were like, well, I can't do that. That's too many people, which is fair. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1817, Madison retires from public life. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I'm done with the politics. It went badly Again. for me. <laughs> yeah, it's like maybe you should have stayed retired, but Jefferson brought you out. Yep. And I mean, as far as like rebuilding things after the war, um, he seems to have been pretty effective. Mm-hmm. So good, good job, buddy boy. But he's like, I hate this. And so they go to live on the plantation again, and they remain there until Madison dies um, in 1836. So for uh, 19 years. Mm-hmm. They're just there, Aww. chilling. Living that retired life. Happy. It's a good time. Doing the crossword puzzle together. Right. Drinking um, that sweet tea. I have a quote that says, Dolly Madison enjoyed a happy marriage. Different as she and her husband were in personality, they doted on each other. Aww. It's so cute. Unfortunately, I have a note here in all oh, caps no. that says, son is a screw-up. Oh. Remember pain? Yeah. Man, is that going to be appropriate. Oh. So, in an attempt to give pain a sense of purpose, James Madison, his stepfather, uh-huh. um, sends him to be part of American diplomatic mission where they negotiate a treaty of Ghent that ended the War of 1812. Oh. So he's like, go here, check this out. Uh-huh. You know? Um, but he left delegation and then just, like, ran around Europe spending money gambling. Oh, Thanks. Baby. That makes us look really good uh-huh. to entirety of Europe. You're, like, basically the prince of America, you stupid yeah. idiot. So you're just goofing off. Mm-hmm. And so Madison's like, ugh. Um, and while James was alive, he kept from Dolly the huge debts her son had racked up. Because he didn't want her to be upset with him Aww. and, like, worried about it. I mean, that's sweet. It is. It's not probably the best thing to do. No. But, yeah, I understand. And, like, it's very nice of him to do for pain because mm-hmm. pain's not his son. Yeah. So it's nice that he's like, I'm not going to tell your mother about mm-hmm. this because it'll upset her. Yeah. But, like, stop it. Mm-hmm. But um, once he dies, uh, Dolly is confronted with, uh, my quote says, the financial ruin created by her son. Which basically sends her onto the brink of poverty. Oh. Cool. Way to screw up. Gosh, pain. every time your husband dies, it becomes so bad. Ugh. Because you're stupid son. Yeah. Um, they ruin it all. Never have children. So, pain. Yeah, <laughs> don't. Um, uh. Pain never finds a career, ever. Mm hmm. Um, and he borrows extensively. I mean, I wouldn't hire him. No. Uh, and he forces Dolly to sell off family properties to pay his debts. Hmm. That's the only way they can do it. She has to, like, sell the Madison plantation. Oh, my gosh. Cool. What an idiot. Horrible. That's the one who lived 
Yeah, not Come sweet on. little William. Uh-huh. He wouldn't have done this. Sweet little William Temple. I miss him. He was a darling he was boy. Like one. <laughs> <laughs> I miss him. Um and then it just gets I mean, it just is, keeps being bad because mm-hmm. there's always more debts. Yeah. So um eventually Payne goes into debtor's prison in Philadelphia. Good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there he can't spend money. I mean, it sounds like he belongs there. Yeah. they. Yeah. So they didn't sell the entirety of Montpelier, but they had to mortgage half of it just to pay for his debts. Mm-hmm. And Montpelier is huge. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, from, yeah, 1813 to 1836, James and Dolly spent $40,000, which is almost a million dollars today, Ooh. bailing out Payne. Oh, my gosh. Because he's garbage. Yeah. <sighs> and so after James dies, Dolly's like, how am I going to make any money? Because this mm-hmm. is horrible. And so she copies her husband's papers over the course of years that he left, right? Um, she copies them in a year. And Congress authorizes $55,000 as payment for editing and publishing seven volumes of Madison papers, which I just said is like a million dollars today. Uh-huh. Um and uh, presumably people see that as Congress just being very nice to her. Mm-hmm. Like they're worried about her and they want to make sure that she's able to like live. Yeah. So they like basically gift her a million dollars and they're just like, here you go. Good luck. <laughs> Which Aww. is like very sweet. Mm-hmm. Congress isn't normally that They love nice. her. No. Yeah. They My super gosh. love her. Um, Congress is not like you think about Congress, you're like. Oh, they're so sweet. No. No. <laughs> and not only do they do that where they give her money for that, they put it in a trust that Payne cannot have access to. Oh, good. It is entirely oh, kept out of his hands. Because they know why she's having this problem. Yeah. It's because her dumb son sucks. Uh-huh. And so, uh, and her son and her sister Anna have been with her the entire time. Mm-hmm. Her sister Anna, I don't think, ever gets married. So she just hangs out with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and after... James has been dead for a year. She returns to Washington. Um, she moves into a house on Lafayette Square. She left Payne in charge of Montpelier. Why? Mm. Um, and it quickly becomes apparent that his alcoholism re- renders him unable to maintain the property. Yeah. Weird. to thunk. So she tries to sell the remainder of the papers. And since she's unable to find a buyer, she sells Montpelier and the remaining slaves and keeps a few for herself, mm-hmm. like, domestically. But... It has to sell the whole house yeah. eventually and everything they had. Mm. Awesome. I'm sure that makes her feel really good. Mm-hmm. And even though, like, abolitionist papers are criticizing her as a slave dealer mm-hmm. because she has to sell these slaves off yeah. with the property, Paul Jennings uh, was a person she once enslaved, like, who was one of her slaves, um, pitied her so much he gave her money. Oh, my. Her slave. Oh, my. Her former slave was like, I feel so bad for Dolly. Wow. I'm going to give her some change. Wow. Yikes. Um, and Washington was very happy to have her back, mm-hmm. Washington, D.C. Um, she moved back to the Capitol permanently in 1844, and uh, it says, marking the start of her golden years as the Grand Dame of Washington. <laughs> she gets back, and people are so excited about it. Dame. Because she is seen as a living piece of history. Mm-hmm. Like, that she, these people who are all in Washington now, in, like, Congress and mm-hmm. stuff, she was really young compared yeah. to, to Madison. She was quite young. And, because I think he was, like, in his 40s mm-hmm. when they got married. So, and she was, like, twenty. Five. Yeah. So she was way younger than him, right? 
Um, so, the, like, she is getting older, but, like, everyone else in Congress is really young now. And so they see her as, like, a living relic of mm-hmm. the past times. Like, she knew people who, like, like her sister's married to George Washington's uh-huh. nephew, yeah. you know? And, like, she's, she's, she's like Betty White. Yeah, basically. <laughs> exactly. She's, like, a, like a political wife, a, American. A, li- a living legend. Yeah, America's darling Betty uh-huh. White. <laughs> and so everyone thinks she's the coolest. Yeah. Um, I bet Betty White throws great parties, too. Oh, I bet she does. Oh, my gosh. But so she's awarded an honorary seat in Congress. Oh. And invited to um, become the first private citizen to transmit a message via telegraph. Hey. people think she's the coolest. Dolly. She's not allowed to do anything in Congress, but she can be there. She can witness. Which is not allowed by, I don't think anyone in, like, who's a public person ever. Let alone a woman. A woman. I don't think anyone's ever allowed to but her, actually. Yeah. I think she's the only one ever invited. Oh, wow. So that's cool. <laughs> um, she's also voted to have franking privileges, which means she doesn't have to pay postage ever again. Ah, <laughs> yes. Send all the letters, darling. Oh, my gosh. Just put it in a box. That's Nobody a cares. beautiful power. Pretty cool. Their post office is like, I don't know. And then they're, oh, this is oh, from it's Dolly. Dolly? Okay, bye. Pass it along. Um, she also remains closely connected to, like, being a public figure, and she guides president presidential wives Julia Tyler and Sarah Polk both in their uh, duties. Oh. So she's like, let me be a mentor, which is yeah. very adorable. Um, she passed away at age 81, and she was eulogized by President Zachary Taylor as the country's first lady, believed to be the first known public reference to the term. So he's that's the first time anyone public mm-hmm. says it. And at her funeral, he, he, his cabinet, the diplomatic corps, and the members of Congress line up to pay their respects. Um, the government closed so that people could pay their respects at her funeral. Oh, wow. And it's the largest state funeral in the country's history at the time. I believe it. Like her, and over like George Washington and stuff. Uh-huh. Like hers is the biggest so far. Well, even Washington had enemies, I'm sure, within the country. Right. But everybody loved Dolly. Totally. And that her, and like the president gave her a eulogy. Like that's pretty awesome. That's pretty dope. You would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, she died at her home in Washington in 1849. Like I said, she was 81, which mm-hmm. is like pretty old. Yeah, that's pretty good. Like even now, that's pretty good. But mm-hmm. for the time, pretty old. Oh, yeah. Um, she was first buried at the Congressional Cemetery, and she was later reinterred in Montpelier, where she lies next to her husband. Aww. Nice. Um, and I guess thousands of people watched the procession that had 48 horse-drawn carriages, including one carrying enslaved domestic servants, uh, like I think her former ones, mm-hmm. that passed through the streets to the cemetery. Oh. And um, that's it. Dolly Madison Yay. is cool beans. And she sounds like she was beautiful. Yeah. I just say earlier you were like, I'm getting frustrated with her that she won't leave. Uh-huh. Right? Um, and it's like, I get that. But for me, when she's, like, staying in Washington, mm-hmm. I'm so, like, just impressed with, like, her bravery that she's like, no, I'm not going to leave until I have to. Uh-huh. Like, until someone makes me. Yeah. Because I'm like, that's how much confidence I have in this. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you're a beast. I mean. It's amazing. Loyalty because I would walls. have been like, bye. I know, as me as too. soon as my husband was like, you should probably pack up pretty like, soon. Okay, I would have been like, later. Thanks, honey. Bye bye. Right. And she's like, I can hear cannons, and I'm still like, I'm staying. And I'm yeah. just like, girl. And like, it sounds like the only real reason she left was because uh, she wanted to protect the things. Uh huh. Like that she's like, well, 
whatever for me, but I want to make sure we get this stuff out of here. For it's history. Important. That's right. For history. So we have that famous painting. Yes. And all those famous documents. And, and yeah, I love, like, clearly how much Congress, like, just felt bad for uh-huh. her. Like, oh, your son is stupid. It's not your fault. Have a million dollars. We're sorry. Here's the money. Don't ever pay for postage again. (laughs) You want to sit and hang out with us? (laughs) We love you. You can sit with us. You're going to make it so much better. (laughs) Cute. Oh, man. Dolly. Anyway, that's the end. I learned a lot. Did you? Yes. You know so many things. I can talk about Dolly Madison now. For days. For days. Like, hey, did you know? People will be so <laughs> impressed with you. Oh, my gosh. That's what we like to do. Uh, the point of hysterical history is so that you can drop facts and sound like a smarty pants. Oh, yeah. Like, did you know? And drop them casually. Dolly Madison. You know who threw a great ball? <laughs> a Dolly Madison. Dolly Madison. You know who's the first lady? The first first lady? Dolly Madison. You think it was Martha Washington. Uh-uh. And technically... You're right, but... But not really. No. Not to say anything bad about Martha. No, she's a beautiful lady mm-hmm. who is so afraid that her slaves would kill her after her husband died that she let them all go. <laughs> not joking. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I don't the want, best. I don't want them to kill me. Okay, fine, go, be free. <laughs> it's so funny. I don't know why it's so oh, funny. Oh, my goodness. But it is. I also, like, one of the reasons I wanted to do this episode, too, was I'm hoping to do more episodes about First Ladies mm-hmm. in general. So hopefully this was fun and interesting mm-hmm. to people. And I know it wasn't that funny, I guess. But hopefully you still like it. Yeah, it was and fun. And we'll do some more First Ladies sometime. It was fun. Because, you know what? Ladies important, too. Ladies rock. They rule the universe. All we have to do is set out some china, and we can control the Pull world. Pull out that snuff box. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Don't. Don't do drugs. Convince them of what you want with your personality. Yes. A charming person can do anything Wonders. they like. It's my one anyway. regret in this world. <laughs> you're not charming. I'm not charming enough <laughs> to rule the masses. Oh, okay. I was yeah. say, you're charming, but I'm like, no, okay, maybe not that much. I'm charming to a certain demographic of people. <laughs> That's fair. Most people are. <laughs> uh, but thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our guest episode with Alyssa. Thanks for being here, Alyssa. Thanks for having me. Uh, and stay tuned for more hysterical history episodes. Go over to Screamy's Horror Film Awards. Podcast. It's gonna be it's, a, it's gonna be a good time over there. Check uh, us out. Just search for Screamies and you'll probably yeah. find it once it's up. Nothing else is called that. And um, listen to that. Check it out. Leave us a review on iTunes for that and this and this. Send yes. us some email hystericalhistorypodcast at gmail dot com if you have any suggestions. Do you know any funny first lady stories? Have you ever been so scarred by Thomas Jefferson that you, it's the worst day of your life? <laughs> Email us. We really want to know those stories. <laughs> 100%. Please. <laughs> and, um, you know, go throw a fun dinner party or something. I don't oh know. Oh, my gosh. I'm too yeah. introverted, too, so you I'm can... going to order food, probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dinner party for me. There we go. <laughs> and goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.